Welcome to Voice Nodes. I'm Justine, an intuitive practitioner and a curious critical thinker. This audio share is a documentation of my journey as an explorer of life, sharing my tips, detours, and evolutions on my spiritual path. In sharing my story and my thoughts of today, I am furthering my path of healing and hoping to heal others along the way. So thank you for joining me. Settle in. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let's begin. So interesting. I am nervous. I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to talk about but it felt like that was the right way to do this. I feel like what no one tells you is that your first podcast, which I don't like calling it that, and I'm going to keep correcting myself until I've embedded what it should be called, which is an audio share. I prefer people to use that word as well. I mean, I may one day evolve into the other place, but there's something about the word share that really resonates with me. Okay, so this is where we're going to go with this. Um, I like the word share because it, it means that you have something to offer. And when I think about imposter syndrome, which I feel like is probably going to be the bigger theme of this share, is imposter syndrome is the doubt that you have anything worth offering. And it's so easy on a logical level to say that that's not true. And I think it's really commonplace to have been raised by parents or even in school growing up by teachers or anyone who wants to help who will bypass the feelings of who will bypass the feelings by defaulting to like all the ways that you are enough and I don't believe that that serves us I think This has been my own learning. Um, I'm not going to say names, and I hope she's okay with me saying this. I know she listens to this. Um, A friend of mine, her father passed away unexpectedly this year. And I really didn't know what to say. And when I think back of 2020, there are so many moments where we have been faced with the opportunity to say something, to pick ourselves back up off the ground or someone else, whether it's like COVID and loneliness or mental health or the death of George Floyd or hearing from our brothers and sisters about oppression um, from indigenous people, from black people. I think that when I think of 2020, it was, for many of us, it was the year of the ears. And for some of us, it was the year of the throat. Um, And I think it was a year of really discerning when to use which. 
and twenty twenty was the awareness that we have both, and we really need if we are going to be like whatever word you want to say, like conscious or woke or spiritual or aware, maybe I've already said that. It's sort of knowing that we have both of these tools and it's it's when to detonate each one. Um, that word feels loaded, but I kind of like the impact of both because I think that when you actively choose to listen, you are detonating a very powerful energy and presence, even though it feels like a passive activity and it's not passive. Um, lots of personal development people will go into active listening. You can Google that. I feel like that's not really my place on this. Um, and yeah, I to bring it back to this friend, it was the first time, and I and I think that this is a this shows the privilege that I had in 2020, um, because thankfully COVID didn't affect anyone immediately close to me on a serious health concern, and then um, as well. I am white, that's important to, to note. So the death of George Floyd, as shattering as it was, it wasn't a trauma wound that I have first-handedly experienced for my 32 rotations around the sun. Um, therefore, my friend, and the passing of her father was the epicenter of, or like the climax, or maybe it's like the ultimate test or utilization of this challenge that we have all been presented of whether to use the throat or the ears. And I really love Karamo on Queer Eye, who's, I think he said his grandmother is Jamaican and she said like the ratio is two to one so you have two ears and one mouth um, and that's the ratio that you should live in so you should listen twice as much as you speak he said that on the rich roll podcast and I um I really love that it's something yeah I don't always remember it but when I do it brings a smile to my face and it's it's so important um so going back to this friend, I there were so many things that helped me feel removed and connected to what she was going through. Um, a few of the removed things is I've never had a relationship with my father that she did. He was her best friend. He was her favorite person in the world. I have like tingles over all over my body talking about this because I'm like, this is, should I choose to have a lifetime partner who is of the opposite sex? 
Um, this is the archetypal father that I would want, someone who just connects with their child in such a meaningful way and in a way that is selfless and also self-empowered. Like the idea of loving your child um, without it being like a consciously selfless choice, but doing it from a selfish place of like you genuinely love this uh, version of yourself and this creation in many sense of your own with such like it's so almost effortless to love them uh, is is really profound and additionally actually I don't want to say additionally so that that's the biggest way that I was removed but in the way that we were connected which was for me, far more important is that she happened to also be on the Western side of North America. So we were on in the same time, time zone at the same time. And she's interested in many of the beliefs that I am, such as tarot and sort of awareness and trauma and, and spirits crossing over. And in those ways, we were connected. and. By her going through this, my patterning and the things that didn't serve me came up consistently. Um, and I think that they are ways, I want to say nuanced waves, but I'm not always entirely sure I know what the word nuanced means. Um, but they are ways that we brush over things or the expectations of how we should respond. And I liked the ways that I was both removed and connected to this situation because it created the perfect, in the words of my friend Kat, like healing ceremony or circle for me to learn so much about my past, my present, and my future whilst holding the hand of a friend as they navigate dark grief and a grief that I don't know if I will ever experience because I've never had that relationship. Um, and I'm not sure where this is going, but it's, I think that it's really important Okay, so back to the ways of the patterning is um, I think that there's this feeling of like I need to check in on someone, but I'm like, how do I ask someone how they're doing without pressuring them? And I'm like, as someone who's been unemployed for seven months, my least favorite question is like, so what are your plans? It's like the most anti-helpful comment anybody could ever ask me because it's like the fact that I need to externalize it and articulate it and prove to someone else how I've been spending my time or that I'm somewhere closer to where I should be is unrealistic and unhelpful and unsupportive and I tend to make light of it but what I should what I would like to do is be able to get people to a position where they think a little bit more 
about like who is that question serving and the answer who who is it ultimately serving like if you ask me what i'm doing next and i tell you oh i'm moving to edinburgh i have a flat i've saved x amount of money i'm taking this flight i'm like who is better off like i don't give a fuck i I've done those things. I don't need to, and I, I'm not in that place. I'm just saying maybe that's the ideal answer. And is is that person, do they feel more like validated? Do they feel like superior or, or inferior? And I think the answer is no. I think for the most part, they feel nothing. Do they feel like they've supported me because I have an answer? Do they feel inferior because they can't help me? Um, and equally, if I say, well, I'm still brewing in the, in the shit of it all or in, or in the darkness it's like does that make them feel superior about their own choices i don't i don't know and so i think the the biggest thing in these situations is to challenge yourself to ask like who is my question serving and and i think by that being the first step you're actually asking yourself do i use my throat or do i use my ears and in this person's situation, it was such a delicate dance. Like I, I, a dance is like the perfect way of like, I think in this particular situation, because she was dealing with the grief, it's like she is the lead. I am the follow. And again, when I look at the programming we've had in society is that when someone is hurting, you should become the lead. And I, I think that that's backwards. I think whether it's like mental illness or, I mean, that's a blanketed word. I don't particularly like that. Like anxiety, for example, when someone feels overwhelmed rather than saying like, here's a to-do list and like I've made, I've come up with your end goal and I've worked backwards and I'm going to help you stick to it. I think it's the question we should be asking is like how, can I help you? Or like, what, what do you need from me? And if it's for me to just like sit and watch you suffer in this space and by doing so you don't feel so alone, I can do that. And as I'm saying this, I'm like, I'm learning so much about myself because I'm working with my brother through something um, of the example I just shared. And I'm like, I have actually approached this wrong. And so Self-reflection is a very powerful tool. Uh, and even this audio share is like, I've been meaning to record an intro and an outro. Um, it, it, and it's a great suggestion. And I, because I don't like to repeat myself and I, I get stuck about like, well, what is this? And I trust that this is gonna, it, it will make sense. Um, I don't know why I shared that. I'm going to trust it needed to come out. Maybe it's for someone who's thinking, why do I listen to this? It's random as fuck and lacks finesse, but it's full of vulnerability. So that is a good segue to return to the thread of this, which is... Who are we when we strip away who we should be? And I think that that's a 
it's a very common cliche sentence, but it's profoundly life-changing and relationship-changing when you show up in your friendships with this in mind. And even if you show up to a project and you're creating something like I'm doing right now, and it's like the should person has an has a scripted outro and intro that's like eloquent and it's never going to change. And they knew going out of the gate what their song choice wanted to be. And I'm like, that's not what this is. And that's not who I am. And I think there is so much more beauty and authenticity and love and friendship and support when you remove everything. And you know that by saying all the wrong things and saying nothing at all, and doing things differently, which I believe is the greatest act of surrender, you are actually giving so much more and you are giving in ways that nobody tells you is important and is in every way the most important because you are taking everything that you have built as your identity and like an outer body experience or like an astral projection, you are walking away from it in the most like vulnerable and exposed way like a body without its shell and you're just like you're there and I'm not there's a part of me that's like don't lose your conviction I'm not asking you to like maybe I am asking you to set aside everything you know but I yeah and I I mean, probably I'll unpack this a lot later, but I'm like, I think conviction is about knowing your values and standing in them. And if mine, currently my working values are choice, possibility, and truth, and I'm like, if if my essence left my body and I encountered my friend who is grieving and I embody those three things and carry with me nothing else, nothing of like the job we've worked together, nothing of like the ways in which society privileges us and oppresses us nothing about like our education and our family trauma trauma and instead just show up as like this essence and the thing that holds our misted being together are I, I truly think is an essence so I think there's like an array of colors and I think that it's held together like if the atoms are fused by something, it is the threads of our values. Um, the probe is like, who would you be? And in sharing this, I am scared shitless. And I, this morning I was thinking about how every other intuitive podcast is like they channel messages and it feels very detached from like a personal experience. And I'm like, well, my gift is that I am very much in the personal experience and there's this really cool weaving that happens. And I've thought about what I'm going to say and when I'm going to say it multiple times this week. And I've, I've continuously seen that I'm like, I need to just sit down and be in a space and just like see what comes through. And I'm like, that very practice is the practice that I'm speaking of, which is like leaving and I, I, I don't want to dismiss the ego because I think that that is unfair. And I actually think that's so much, there's a lot of bypassing. And I think 
I think that that's a dangerous practice because I think this idea of like the body in the shell and 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 I am all for embodying because I'm currently talking about projecting, but it's a visual that I think really helps me to understand how to best show up and serve um, like tricky emotions when I'm not entirely sure how to navigate them because I haven't navigated them. And I think by doing that, we actually are in an embodied experience because we're experiencing like the soul or the spirit um but this idea of like the removal of the outer casing I, I think a lot of people identify with the word armor and that that works too of like leaving that behind and knowing that when you like experience somebody's emotions and their grief and their experience you can you can experience it, but not take it with you. So it's like you meet them where you're at. And when you your spirit comes back into the body, you have that shared experience shared to there's definitely limitations. You didn't, I didn't, I didn't experience my own father passing with this like <laughs> incredible. Um, sorry about that. I'm going to learn how to turn notifications off in the future. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't fully share that experience, but what I did share was the experience of me holding space and going through that with someone in a way where I am not carrying their grief and in a way that they feel and they feel supported without me trying to like fix them or progress them or get them to the other side of the healing tunnel or the journey. And it's like, there's nothing about showing up um, where I am helping them move forward. That is not my intention. Um, it's interesting. I had originally done a tarot reading to guide me in this audio share. And one of them is the seven of swords. Uh, I'm going to figure out a way to share it. It's in the Mother Peace deck, and it's like a fox on the other side of a fence, and there's um, chickens that are awaiting their death, but they have no idea. And then there's seven swords in the wall that helps the fox climb up. And it's like, it's a card that really scares me. Um, and I think it's because I have, I know that I have the ability to be manipulative or persuasive it's what made me a good waitress I'm like I can tap into that sales side but the conscious awareness element is like leaving behind ulterior motives and that's that's really what I think of when um we encounter and we I don't want to say we hold another I mean I, I think that that is like the correct visual but I I think that it puts one person as like the provider or the giver and the other person as the receiver and I don't think that that is what's happening I think it's an equal proportion so I don't particularly like the idea of holding someone I like the idea of holding someone's hand it's much different than like carrying their weight for them um So yes, that is where I'm at. Is there anything else? So in walking through this process um, with this friend, 
I'm I'm going to preface this by saying like this is probably one of the hardest and most revealing practices of your life should you choose to support someone in this way because your mind is flooded with like I'm not doing enough I'm saying all the wrong things I'm not showing up I'm not texting this person every day I don't know what to say um or like I need to remind them that their life is going to get better or that like her dad will pass over and that like I could do a journey to connect or that like I mean there's so many things I wanted to offer and I was like there that's not right and I'm like and I when I think about shamanic journeying and mediumship and this is so much of what I will navigate in the future because I it's currently very murky for me is like I think that there's so much more power when people are on their own journey and we provide them with tools. Like whether you're a practitioner or whether you're like you're an accountant, like sorry, I meant intuitive practitioner, or whether you're like a life coach. Um, I think that there's this really, I love the analogy of like we're in the passenger seat. We're not in the driver's seat. So we're not like, you know, my friend's not in an emergency crisis and is like in labor and she's in the passenger seat and I'm driving her to the hospital. It's like instead, I mean, that's a bad analogy because I'm like, I think if she was in labor, I would probably drive. But instead of her being in the driver's seat, it's like I'm there in the car. And I, I think a great support system would be that the car has a few others, probably not all at the same time. That's quite overwhelming. And you'll yeah, I, I I don't know about that. Um, unless you come together with like a central intention, such as a woman's group or um, grief counseling or, or or whatever you're working through. But yeah, the idea of is what I have to offer enough. And I think that when, especially when a friend goes through a really trying time, it becomes like a litmus test on an individual level of like, am I a good friend? And it's like, am I like, it almost becomes more about me. I mean, I, everyone would experience this, but it's like, you know, am I, am I, are we really friends? Like, does she turn to me or does she whatever? And I'm like, this is again, the, it, I don't know if I want to say the games, but it's, it's the programming we've all been taught. And it's when I'm going to come back to this idea because I'm like, it is hammering itself home. Is like when you leave all of the clutter and the the shoulds and the ways in which we validate our own identity of like, I am a good friend. I am a good person. I know what to say. I'm like, one day I will experience this this with like one of my own parents and like I could learn a lot from this and it's like when you completely remove I from it you step into being an infinite being and I like I'm sorry if that's philosophical but I'm like that's what is right is your you become limitless because you're you're not coming forward with ulterior motives you're not there's nothing, you're not stepping into that space with absolutely anything else to gain. And what you're really doing in like the most cliche, but in the most comprehensible way 
is you are stepping into unconditional love because there is nothing quote unquote to gain but at the same time on a spirit level you know that there is everything to gain and yeah and probably the biggest lesson in my life that I am learning is that to trust that people will ask for what they need and it like they will tell you hey I did or didn't like this and as someone who has lost so many friends over the years and like essentially I mean this would be before the word ghosted but essentially they like became ghosts in my life like I had no idea why the friendship ended and like I would sit and stew and overanalyze like why am I a shit person or like, how come I didn't see this coming or how could I course correct? Um, and I, I definitely, I have reached out to these people and like oftentimes with like no answers, it's like you ultimately have to trust that it's like, if people are unable to ask for what they need and I'm like, and I think a time of grief is like a different opportunity, but also if someone chooses to not tell you, what they're asking or they are telling you what they need in that space that space and that silence and it's and and you respect that and i'm like and i have done that with everyone who's ever disappeared is like if i see them on the street i'll be so excited to see them but at the same time it's like i'm not persistent on like why did you leave me what happened um i'm gonna do part two of this right now. So in closing, I'm just going to see if there's anything else that needs. Okay, there's something more about the Seven of Swords. Um, okay, I haven't really finalized that. Yeah, it's an interesting card and maybe we'll see what happens on my own personal journey. As I said, it's it's a card that gives me a lot of anxiety, probably because there's a lot of shadow and there's a lot of truth in it. Um, and I, maybe I'm unique in this. I don't think I am. I think that the idea of like asking ourselves when we show up in relationship with others, what's in this for me is very normal way of thinking. I don't particularly like that word, but I, I think it's a very default way of thinking. And um, yeah, and I think the challenge and what this share is an is a true embodiment of is what are you if there's nothing in it for you, why do it? What's, I think why do it is, is probably the biggest question is like, why do it? And who are you? Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I, I often, I read like business books and I think about, um, like in so many ways, I'm such a logical thinker about like how to build a website or like how to write a CV or a cover letter. And it's like, be clear with your intentions, you know, keep it simple. And the reality is, is like the question that I have just posed is the exact opposite. 
because it's like if you if you strip all that away and you're I, I, I still think intention is I think intention is very different than like what's the objective intention and objective are very different things for me so I think when you're encountering someone who's navigating a different emotional space than you I think the quest is about removing the objective and really channeling what is the intention and the intention is to stand in my friendship and I love love this person and yeah and and when I enter into that space I'm like this is the reality is is like it's not a time where I am likely to feel loved back but I'm like Every single time I had a response or an audio or like an emoji, like a yellow heart, it's like the, like I was loved. And even the silence in between the spaces is, is a love. It's a communication of like, it's landed or it's like percolating or I need space. And it's like, there's there's so much in this. Whereas the idea of channeling the objective, it's, it sets us up for disappointment because we go into something with expectations. Um, I feel like this has become really philosophical. So I'm like, maybe I'll try to bring it back into real life application. But if nothing comes to me, that's okay too. Um, Okay, it's feeling it's feeling finished. Um uh that so the last thing I'll say is that when I look at this card in relation to this audio share and my challenge to anyone listening to this is sort of like what are the ways that I am being the fox? Am I entering into this with like an awareness and an ability to see the larger picture and almost like work it so that it meets my objective? And what I think the new paradigm is about is the removal of all of this. And it's, if there was no brick wall and there's no swords and it's just like a fox and some chickens, um, it's like, what does, I mean, I'm living in a fantasy world thinking the fox wouldn't eat the chickens. Uh, but I'm like, what would our relationships look like if we completely removed this? If we removed the strategy, the objective, the, um, I think there's a bit of ego behind being able to see the larger picture. And it's, what happens then and you know what i actually think the fox or the chickens is the perfect analogy because it's like i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know if we've seen it i think national geographic has could probably show us what would happen um but also we never know because thanks to TikTok, we've got you know like huskies who are friends with little baby ducks so i i think the idea of taking down the wall and the swords and just like seeing what happens if like if our default setting is to be the fox and we encounter you know if if any if anyone in our whether it's like a stranger or a friend or a family member becomes the chicken and is like 
this is the perfect analogy. How did I not see this? Because they're obviously in a vulnerable position or like vulnerable in the sense that they're not entirely clear what they're working through and how to work through it. And when they'll get out on the other side of it. And like, as the Fox, you have the knowing that it's like, of course, you're going to get through it. Of course, you're going to be a different person at the other end of it. Of course, like, so much is going to change and you'll get there and what and of course it's going to be messy but it's like the magic lies in if the fox removed their entire identity of knowing who they are upon entering a field of chickens would they behave like a chicken or like would they be like a dolphin i know this is like getting ridiculous but i'm like it's actually in terms of my own personal value of possibility it's so fucking interesting because if you left the outer shell of the fox behind you and you stepped into a different animal archetype it's like you could commune with this one or many beings on like such a different level and when i think about like earlier this morning um, I, I was really thinking about this because I'm like, I know that every single time I step out of the fox, which like the fox is cool. I'm like, I know how to work a room. I learned through like bullying in high school, like where, which attributes I bring to the table to work a room. I know how to be charismatic. And I learned, I even harnessed it more through waitressing. It's like, it's, I, I, you learn certain things like, yeah, maybe I wasn't like the temptress or the hot girl, but I was like the witty and the cute and funny one. And it's like, these things are the fox suit. And I, like, I don't want to demonize foxes because that's a beautiful archetype as well. But in the analogy of this tarot card, it's like, if I leave the fox suit behind, I go into the arena completely unarmed and I am extremely exposed. And I know through trial and error, every single time I speak, when I feel like I'm supposed to speak, but I don't know what's going to come out. And I like basically my ability to wear the fox suit is like annihilated. Like I have no ability to channel the cool, Justine because I'm like, what I need to share is so much more important. Or like, maybe it's about like something with my mom or something with like something that like really hurts me and my voice shakes and my, like I start crying and I am completely disarmored every single time. I am so much, I end up so much cooler. And it, it is like a crazy life lesson because I'm like, I know to be the coolest person in the room, like if we're putting cool in air quotes, it's like, it's to leave the shell behind and just show up as the essence of like the exposed mist that's like just all heart and is like so pure and exposed is like the best word. And it's like every single time everything I've ever wanted from like the ego perspective, I get. And it's like, I truly think like the life practice is like, there. there's two parts to it. It's like, I, I hate the saying like authentic self. I think that that's like poo pants. So I'm like, I. it's about like how, 
And I also don't really like the word vulnerability. I think these are words that have like gone through the wash so many times they've lost their meaning. So it's like, how do I, and I don't really like take the armor off. That's very Brene Brown, but it is like, how do I leave the fox suit behind and like just show up? And it's like, every time I enter into known or unknown spaces, everything in me wants to be the fox because it's like, I can get the laughs. If I, if, if I don't like someone, I can gossip about someone else. And I'm like in a circle of trust. It's like, I, it's like, I know how to navigate it and I know how to work it. But the irony of it all is that everything that I want out of it, which is like authentic friendships to be seen and heard just as myself. And every time I show up sharing something that like was so wildly uncomfortable to share, everything the ego wanted, I get. And so that the, like the first part is about stepping into that space and embracing like the stutter in our voice or the, like the poor posture that comes of like physically wanting to feel small when you, when you stand in front of people and you don't feel completely comfortable. But then the second part is like, after you get the wave of validation and like, Oh my God, the essence of myself outside of the Fox suit is like wildly loved is like the remembrance of humility, which is like, I am no different than anyone else. And I, that's like a double-edged sword because I'm like, yes, everyone is super unique and special and they have their own thing. And I'm like, I am all for that. I believe that. But I'm like, there is nothing that makes me better than anyone else. And the practice of leaving the Fox suit behind is like, I think the new paradigm is about building spaces and uh, like having an awareness and like people talk about being able to see auras or like chakras or spirit archetypes and stuff like that. And like what I think would be, what I think we can all already see through like a unconscious discernment or awareness is that shift of like, oh, they've left it all behind. Um, and they are not entirely sure what's going to come out. And this is, and like in their messy impurities, politically incorrect and fully aware, but fully able to just make a like fucking shit show of it. while we watch as they pick up the pieces this is the call to be actually I think that that's the sentence this is the call to be and it's about and so to circle back when someone is subject to something that is emotionally so charged and heavy like the passing of a father the best thing you can do for the friend it, is to give them that space and it's and the dance that you go into is the acknowledgement that you will both be those people you will both be the fox learning to leave the shoulds and should nots behind but the person who's already going through it they've already they've they've been forced out of the fox suit. They're, they're like there and they're exposed and they're not entirely sure what they're doing. And it's the coolest call to action is to 
meet them where they're at and like you you can't fully join them on that journey you just can't like that's unless you're in like a grieving circle but as like the outsider or the bystander in a friendship it's like you can't carry that burden for them but what you can do is enter into it being as exposed and real with them as you can and it's perfectly fine to say and my friend has told me this to say I don't know what to say I don't know how often to message you like I don't know if you want to hear from me I don't know if I should send things or whatever but it's like like I'm thinking of you and I'm thinking about how best to serve you and like I'm not going to get it right I'm definitely going to get some things wrong and it's like but I'm like I'm I'm here in in the in a capacity that suits you but is also like new for me because I've never experienced this and I haven't been on the other side of this and like some people have and like maybe they're great at this and maybe you don't need to hear this but I'm like what I'm telling you is that 2020 was a hard year and people went through this left right and center and I was very privileged that I did not go through this and I did I really wasn't subject to like a severe hardship until my friend's passing with her father and I'm like I am so grateful that 2020 gave me a few more tools in the in my toolbox and an awareness of like when to use my throat and when to use my ears and most importantly I think it's to just show up. I'm going to leave that here. My dog just shook. Um, I think that's a good sign. I'm reading a book right now and the dog always gets up when it's time for someone to leave. So maybe she'll be my cue as well. Thank you for listening to Voice Notes. I hope you found it insightful and I'd love to hear what comes up for you. If you have any lingering thoughts or just want to connect, feel free to reach out on Instagram with my handle in the show notes. Additionally, if you think a friend or family member would benefit from this conscious exploration, please share it with whomever you feel inclined to wander with. Thank you again for your time, your thoughts, and most importantly, your ears. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day and see you soon.